Welcome to Emerging, the official podcast of the Trout Unlimited and Costa Five Rivers program, brought to you by Sims Fishing Products. Emerging is about enabling the young angling community to drive progress in the fly fishing industry and the conservation of the places we love to fish. My name is Joseph Burney. I'm the current Five Rivers communications intern and will be your host along with Andrew Lafredo. For this episode, we got a chance to talk with another one of our alumni, Heather Harkavy, to talk about what she's doing at Fish for Change and how that's helping the future of fly fishing. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode eight. We took a little winter break. We're back. It's great. Um, We've got Andrew and Heather here. I'm super excited about this episode. I'm excited to be back. Um, It's crazy. I feel like it was just yesterday, and it was almost like exactly a year ago that we met for the first time, Heather. And it's really exciting to have you on the podcast. what have you uh what have you been up to the past couple of of months i've been i've been just jealous of your instagram recently (laughs) well first of all thank you guys for having me i'm excited to talk about everything that we're up to and hopefully inspire some people along the way um but it has been a wild few months um i've been working on a few different pro hold on sorry i just realized that i'm not allowed to talk about any of the projects i've been working on the past few months (laughs) (laughs) you you can talk about your projects heather like just say projects and then we can we can keep we can keep rolling okay (laughs) we're off to a great start all right i'm back and i'm ready to rumble thank you everybody (laughs) all right but anyway so the past few months i have been working on is that okay can i just like keep going I think we've got a pretty good set of plans at, at our uh, feet, right? See, is that how you would... Oh my God, sorry. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> so first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really... <laughs> all right. <clears throat> From the top. From the top. Wow. Yeah. From the top. <clears throat> all right, so... <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to be talking about Fish for Change and all the great things we're up to. And to be here with both of you, um, I was part of the five club that helped start off Florida State back in the day. And I've worked with Andrew closely and all of that. And he's done such a great job creating this nationwide community of young fly anglers that are passionate and gluing them all together. And I'm excited to talk about Fish for Change and hopefully a few more of you guys can hear about it and see all the great stuff we're up to and get involved down the road. Awesome. I'm glad we finally got through that uh, introduction. Great job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll have to do a bloopers reel at some point in time. (laughs) Heather would be the star of that episode. It's funny because I'm like so outgoing, and then you put me on a camera, and next thing you know, I'm schwitzing and rambling. <laughs> so, so getting into it. Um, so you mentioned uh, you were part of Five Rivers Club at, back in college, and we're just wondering how did you get into conservation and fishing to begin with? Yeah, so I grew up in South Florida. Um, and my dad is my best friend on the planet and he has been fly fishing his whole life and very involved in the conservation and things as well. So it's kind of all I ever knew, um, from a very young age, it was introduced to me and 
and a part of my upbringing and something I was super passionate about and knew I wanted to dedicate a career to down the road. Um, but I never really had peers within it. It was always something with my dad and his friends and absolutely enjoyed. But when I got to college, I was still lacking a peer group with similar interests and the opportunity to start a Five Rivers Club and create a central location that fellow fly fishermen could come to and celebrate love for the sport. Um, really, just it changed my entire college experience. Like, I am three full years out of college now, and I am still best friends with a lot of the people that I, I met through the club. Yeah, and I think I've said this a handful of times, probably an annoying amount of times uh, so far, but that's the same exact experience I've had so far with the club. Um, I'm living with two guys that, that are from it, and um, they're my best friends, and I've met some really awesome people through it, even not at Georgia. So it's it's been really cool, and um, that's really cool that that's, that was your experience, and I remember talking to you a lot about that last year. So fishing-wise, what you grew up in South Florida, not a lot of uh, trout down there. Um, we'll get into the trout thing in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> We're around a lot of trout now, but – what what yeah. was your favorite uh, fish to catch growing up down there? There's a lot of cool opportunities. There are. Um, I grew up in a place that gave me a lot of species uh, that were very accessible. Um, and I'm super, super thankful for that. Um, I don't know. I mean, all bonefish, tarp, and permit are kind of just like fuel my fire. I'm obsessed with them all. There's no favorite. Which, whichever one I'm catching at that given moment, I'm like, this is my favorite fish I've ever caught. And then I continue <laughs> to think that every time I looked up to a new fish. Um, but then also just urban angling in South Florida is so much fun. I mean, we've got a plethora of species in the canal in my backyard, and none of them are native, but they're all really So really much fun. And um, we, yeah, we've got a really great uh, layout of species down there. And now I'm out in Colorado with a whole new stomping ground, and I'm a total noob and figuring it out by the day and asking all the all the wrong questions. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I had my first tarpon experience uh, a couple weeks ago. And by a couple weeks, like two weeks ago, I was down in South Florida visiting my family who's escaped from New York and gone down there as pretty much with the rest of that state and um, pulled up to an outflow with my buddy and I had a spinning rod in my hand because we were looking for snook and I wasn't really, really confident nor had sinking line. And I walk up to like, we get up on the boat and I was like, wait a minute, those aren't all mullet. There's like 50 <laughs> tarpon rolling in a circle right there. And first cast, strip, 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 bam, see it turn, see it flash. And then just like it goes tight and then like pull for the second strip, just nothing. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And that happened three more times. And I mean, it, it's just crazy, the fishing down there. And it's year round and it's so much fun. And I spent all summer down there dealing with peacock bass. And that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's super, super cool. So you've then moved on from South Florida uh, to then go to Florida State. And you talked a little bit about your club experience, but do you want to anything else you want to add to that about um, why that experience was so 
great for you at Florida State? Definitely. Um, I think, well, for one, thank you, Andrew, because the programs that Andrew has created, he's the glue, right? Andrew is gluing all of us together nationwide and exposing us to friends for life. And for Super me, glue. it was just kind of, it, it was like doing what we love is only, is the best thing ever when it's with people you share that love with, you know? And I think Florida State, I never, it was a great experience and I'm happy I went there. Um, but there was definitely a lot of things going on outside of, of playing outside and to be able to create a club and events and bring people together in the outdoors was, I think, needed for the entire community that was seeking that at Florida State. Um, and so through it, I mean, thank God, it's what it's who you know, not what you know. Um, but through that, it just, yeah, the introductions were wild. And, and with the native, and with, oh my gosh, I'm so bad at <laughs> with, with the five rivers out of that came the native policy um which was a once in a lifetime opportunity um i had a chance to be part of the first native policy expedition my senior year of college it was my first time really being out west trout fishing from south florida camping for more than three nights in a row um, it was a challenges and it both physically and emotionally demanding in a lot of ways um and through that there was just so much growth and it was something that i was able to take in to my young adult with me um and it also just exposed me to like the wild wild west that i fell in love with and then now can't leave i live in colorado now and i don't see myself ever really leaving um so just the whole trickle effect you never know who you're going to meet and what's going to come of things here we are now so Super dope. Um, super dope. Super dope. <laughs> I mean, anytime anyone goes out to the West, like I had a buddy who went out there for a summer and I was like, you're, you're not coming back. He's like, oh yeah, I'm going to come back in the fall and he's not back yet. So <laughs> I think that's what happened. I know when I first moved here, people were like, how long have you lived here? I'm like one month. And they're like, oh, one month of forever to start preparing. <laughs> Here we are, one year later. So, so Heather, you kind of alluded a little bit to the to the Native Odyssey uh, trip um, back in 2017. Um, you know, some people are probably familiar with the project, but you know, can you tell us a little bit more about your experience and uh, where you went and who you saw and all that fun stuff? I should probably clarify that. That would make sense. Yes. Okay. So um, basically what we were up to were we were pursuing all 18 species of native trout that the U.S. has to offer all across public lands. And this was with Trout Unlimited and the U.S. Forest Service. And it was ridiculous. It was 60-something days. We were fishing, camping, hiking, piping editing photos, meeting with Trout Unlimited representatives across the nation. We covered most states out west. Um, and we, I think, showered approximately three times, maybe four. We were lucky. Um, and it was just so awesome. I mean, to come from a background where that was a completely out of my comfort zone in every fashion and get thrown into an environment where... We are just on this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful open land with no one in sight, pursuing species that were gems on this planet, and um, and really just like 
being in the water. I remember being inside after that trip and being like, this feels feels weird again, you know? Um, To spend that much time just breathing fresh air was ridiculously special. Um, And the coolest part, too, just meeting Trout Unlimited's entire network across the nation of people doing a bunch of different things um, to protect the species we love and and to be exposed to all of it. And then in turn, with that came creating this, or, you know, capturing the stories, photography and writing and being able to expose our experience to other people and, and let us carry on. And all in all, it was just, it was an experience that changed me big time. How do you, how do you think that going from like the South Florida setting of yeah. saltwater fishing to trying to chase like, every single trout species affected your experience? Ooh, good question. Okay, so basically, um, I'm a very, like, powerful, intense person that likes to double haul, and I like to hunt for fish, and I like these big open spaces, and that's that's what I know, right? Like, that is what I grew up doing and what I was comfortable with, and I have quick reaction times, and I'm, I'm intense on the bow, and then you throw me into foliage on all four sides and a three-way glass rod and this my first shot I caught I literally sat the hook and flung it onto the bank behind me like I (laughs) had such a big learning curve and thankfully the four guys that were on the trip were all exceptionally just talented and amazing fly fishermen um did you did you trout set it or did you strip set it because that's if you strip set it and it flew it onto the bank that would have been really impressive yeah, I would have. No, I, I trout set. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I did probably was trout set. Um, but yeah, it was definitely hard to adapt to. And it's everyone's always like, saltwater fishing so much harder. I live in Colorado now. I, uh, I, I'm a salty girl. <laughs> trout fishing, the learning curve is still, um, it's still there in full effect. In fact, yes. <laughs> So, Heather, where was your, uh, <clears throat> along those lines, what was uh, your favorite species of trout and favorite natural forest you went to? Ooh. Ooh. Whichever one I was catching at that given time and whichever place I was at at that given time. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't um, Honestly, Yellowstone cutthroat. That was so sweet. Um, that was absolutely amazing. We did this like three day trek, um, and we were just so deep in the middle of nowhere and it was so stunning and we were catching them all on hoppers and it was just like big fish, lots of fish, no one around, but us, all you could hear was your friend screaming down the river. That was probably my highlight. Um, and bull trout in Idaho was hysterical because we had so much hype behind bull trout. I remember when you uh, did the first call with us before the trip and you're like, all right, boys and girls, what species are you all the most stoked for? And all of us were like, bull trout. We can't wait to catch bull trout. And we all got like two, three-inch bull trout. <laughs> <laughs> that was sweet. Yeah. yeah, the hype was real behind the bull trout for sure. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm glad you guys liked Yellowstone Cutthroat. I mean, um, y'all covered so much ground and saw so many cool places, but, you know, I feel like uh, Yellowstone is probably, uh, you know, at the top for a reason for for a lot of people, and that uh, definitely proved it, I think, Uh, especially because you went to pretty much every place that you can go and see and catch a native (laughs) trout. So, but uh, yeah, so what... uh, 
what did you find like most compelling from that trip in, in like the sense of like what kind of like research did you find really interesting? Like what, what kind of like did you take away from meeting all these TU and U.S. Forest Service staff members and volunteers and, you know, what, uh, what did you find super interesting? Perfect. <clears throat> no worries, boys. Here is my journal from the Native Odyssey trip. I just found it. <laughs> it's probably like, wah, wah, wah. I deleted all the photos in the camera, and now I'm crying in my tent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Day five, New Mexico. <clears throat> I don't think I'm descriptive enough in my journal, so I've decided to start journaling every single day. All the boys bought journals. So journaling at the campfires turned into a pretty standard routine. <laughs> Day five, I think, is when it registered with me that this is really happening, and I am the luckiest girl in the world. Life really is so cool the way things turn out. On the fifth day of our expedition, we departed Arizona and were off to New Mexico. What really resonated with me was the ride of the mountain to our campground at over 9,000 feet, probably like the highest I'd ever been before. Um, we encountered hundreds upon hundreds of elk. We spooked a huge herd and they began stampeding past us. And I can't read my own handwriting. And in front of our car, we got the coolest footage of them running as they move so gracefully. It's so nice that I'm finally understanding how to use my camera. <laughs> that was when I thought I could be a photographer and now I've realized that taking stupid videos on iPhones is all I got going for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why do I start? And then I start journaling in Spanish. Like, Heather, what? Oh, we hiked seven. Okay, day six. We hiked seven miles on the sixth day. Hashtag fit chicks. Okay, okay, Heather. We hiked and fished up a river named blank. I don't think I remember it. A few years back, there was a huge forest fire that blew at this area. It looked like you could film a horror movie with all the death, all, all the dead trees surrounding us. Gila trout were fished for very similarly to Apache. High sticking, that was my new term I had just learned the day before. Dry flies and nymphs into little pools. The Gila trout were much more eager to eat in bigger numbers of fish. Still small fish, though. All five of us stuck together and traded off between filming and catching. There was this one pool loaded up with fish, and we managed to catch a triple header. We caught a lot more fish that day before we headed back to camp. I took an afternoon power nap in my Eno while the boys tied flies. That afternoon was so fun. We played baseball with our dizzy bat and a ripple ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have with folks. The native Odyssey. <laughs> Chapter one. Um, oh, I just okay, that just sparked the story in me. Here we go. So the uh, so this is this was my favorite day. Was the day that we hiked to that undisclosed area at the end to catch Paiute cutthroat trout. And we were it was like a ten mile hike in just like the middle of the freaking desert with this just one river we finally get to thank god we were thirsty and we were catching trout that like 50 people in the world have ever caught before and they basically i think the story behind it was that the the native water that they were in some guy like picked up buckets of trout and put them into another stream and then there was fire that completely sterilized like the entire river and the fish wouldn't have survived if they hadn't been relocated and this new location was so off the beaten path. And um, we had a chance to catch these pie cutthroats that were just like, they, you could tell they'd never seen a fly before. They were beautiful. They were the same color scheme as gold in a way. And they were just like so vibrant and eating smallest little dry flies in the middle of nowhere. And it was, we worked, we, we hiked hard for it. And it was the most rewarding little pocket full of gold at the end. It was really cool. That's super cool. Yeah. 
You guys fight from like Nevada into California too. Nevada to California. <laughs> Which is super cool. Yeah. I mean, Paya Cutthroat Trout are super cool too. Um, they only like occur in like one stream too, which is super interesting and it's up in its own, but, but yeah, I'm glad you guys had like such a cool, neat experience. Um, what did you like learn from going to like Capitol Hill and like talking to, you know, your representatives and, you know, what can like college students learn from your experience? Um, I think I learned more than anything that just like every voice matters and all of these experiences that we have a chance to have. I mean, they hit the closest to home for us, right? Like fly fishing exposes us to all of these natural wonders and beautiful places. And we resonate with public lands, clean water, all these environmental pieces more than anyone because it touches home and it has such a large lasting impact on us. And so because of that, we're able to speak with the most passion behind it. And being able to speak to these representatives. It was cool because it's not like I have a political or a science background, but I have a fly fishing background and I have passion and that was valid enough. And I think I underestimated myself walking into it, but at the end of the day, it's fun and it's beautiful to hear that perspective. And and to be able to take that voice and take a voice that has so much stake in it, it, it goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. And for those who don't know, too, at the end of these Odyssey experiences, too, we would have folks like Heather go at the end and share their experience with their state representatives uh, on Capitol Hill. So super cool experience for for you all, and especially for me, too, being a team staffer. Um, it's cool to uh, bring some young faces to, uh, to Capitol Hill. Um, and I feel like that's a, that's a great segue to um, – talking a little bit about fish for change. Woohoo, my favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about it? What what's going on with fish for change? What what's it all about? Yeah. So um I work with an organization called Fish for Change and basically what we're doing is we're running high school and college fly fishing programs and they're all grounded in conservation and community outreach. Uh, most of our programs are international, so they're taking place in Honduras, Bahamas, Mexico, Costa Rica, and one in Colorado. And we're slowly but surely expanding to a lot of fun new locations that I'll get into. Um, but the standard layout is we'll take over a lodge for a week with a bunch of teenagers that generally don't know each other leading into the expedition and leave leaving as best friends. Um, and throughout the course of the week, they go through fly fishing, fly fishing education, and then they have a chance to see what environmental issues are going on and kind of be hands on there. And then on the community end of things, it's so special. I mean, we're going to places that most of these kids haven't had an experience to be exposed to before. And we are fishing our hearts out. But then on top of that, we're getting to know the guides. We're getting to know their families. We're getting to know what drives them, their communities. We're creating and bridging that gap and the cultural barriers and just turning into this one big happy family. And it's a really special, rewarding experience. Um, and so we are a 501c3. Uh, we're also, with the money we raise, we're putting into local initiatives that we're doing in each location, whether that be mangrove restoration, tagging fish. We recently built a hospital and a computer lab, um, art projects in town, getting local kids involved and exposed to the potential in guiding. So career development, um, a lot of really great initiatives. And then on top of that, we offer scholarships each summer. So that's my biggest thing too, right? The sport of fly fishing is so special, but there are so many barriers to get into it. And I hope to dedicate a large portion of my career to helping to break down those barriers and making it accessible if you want it bad enough. And so 
for that reason, uh, we have scholarships with all of our programs as well. And kids are always able to apply and reach out and go through the interview process and, and come on down to our programs as well. And it's just the most rewarding thing, um, similar to TU Five Rivers program. It has created this pool of alumni that never really had their social life on behalf of fly fishing before. And they leave with this worldwide collective of humans that love what they love. And it's, it's really special. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's awesome that in any way that we can tear down those, those barriers of entry in the fly fishing. I know when I got into it, it's like, intimidating to walk into a fly shop because it's a bunch of old white dudes and you walk in and you're like, ah, I'm a 15 year old skinny kid. Uh, I want to fly rod and learn how to do this. And I think that, and you don't, (laughs) as a 15 year old, you're also like, well, I also have like 150 bucks. And, um, I think that breaking down those barriers is, is so important. I think that there's so many programs now, like since, I was in that position. There's been so many things like I really wish that I knew fish for change um, was an option for me when I was in high school. I don't know if it was yet. It probably was. Um, But um, I think that's, it's so cool. Um, And you, you explained fish for change really well, but what are you specifically doing and what's your role at fish for change? Um, So I'm the director of operations at Fish for Change. And so throughout the course of the year, there's about eight months where I'm doing everything from marketing, community outreach, putting together our programs, doing all of our fundraising. I'm the booking agent, connecting with the lodges and our partnerships in each location. Um, All the back end work that goes into making it possible. And then all of that computer time pays off for the four months in the field, which is the highlight of the year. It's so much fun. Um, and so I'm down there running each one of the trips as well. Um, awesome. And greeting 10 kids every Saturday, introducing them to the best week of their lives, and then sending them off for our next group the following Saturday. It is so amazing. We've got this great team of alumni that have all become camp counselors, so you can grow within the organization. And they all work with me and their intern team and our camp counselor team, and they're just like, oh, such good guys, such good guys and girls. Really, really fun to be around and doing it for all the right reasons, and I'm just really proud of them. So we've got a powerhouse team behind everything, and it just keeps on growing. So. Yeah. So speaking of growing, uh, you said you're growing to some new places. Uh, are you allowed to discuss yeah, that? Ready? Okay. So um, the new things for 2021 that will be coming out fish and change outside of our programs. Um, for one, I actually, right after this call, I'm going to pick it up. Our fish for change publication is hop off the press. Um, my wonderful intern, best friend, roommate, old camper, Genevieve. Uh, she's the best. She's the best, right? I love her. Um, she's been working on it the past year. And basically, throughout our programs, we encourage everyone to take photos. We do writing every single evening. Um, and we've got this just powerhouse collection of student writing and photography that's always blown me away. And so we've decided if we have all this stuff scattered around, why not throw it into a paperback copy and start sending it off to everyone? Um, so Genevieve, it's beautiful, has put together a publication that captures the stories of what takes place. And it's 
created by kids, for kids, about kids. It is youthful as can be. Even the editor is 18 years old. It's so impressive. Um, and so we are launching that right now. Um, and I'm really stoked to see it all come together. Uh, it, I think it'll, it, it's going to inspire a lot of people and it's going to make a lot of 15 year olds published authors and it's going to be really, really cool. Yes. Um, and then the next thing is we did a girls week, um, not last summer cause it was canceled, but the summer before, um, and we had 14 girls come. The youngest one at the time was 13 years old. Wow. And I was the oldest girl at 23 years old at that time. And they were all in a group chat. We still text. Um, we were, like, really close. Um, and it was the same thing that I keep talking about. Like, we fished with our dads, or we had that one friend, you know, and you meet 14 like-minded girls. That, that doesn't happen. It was, like, the first time in history that, 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 like, a saltwater fly fishing trip of girls that are 23 years old, that many of them? Are you kidding me? It was amazing. The energy was, like off the charts everyone was on cloud the entire time um and we made a film on it so that will be coming out shortly as well my dear friend maris bikini put together so even our filmmaker maris she's a 22 year old girl that just graduated from ut school um, yes she was our she was our alumni highlight in our uh most yeah. recent five rivers mag she is amazing um she is such a talented angler people person Filmer, editor, all of the above. <laughs> she, yeah, she has done a great job at both UT's Five Rivers program and at creating this film and, and many more. Um, so I'm excited to launch that. And then program-wise, um, so we're adding in three new trips this year. Uh, the first trip is two of them are in Costa Rica. So they're with Tom Enderlin and Release Fly Travel. And they're both pioneering missions. So we've got a pool of alumni and older students that are coming down a car full to help scout out these locations. Um, and so the first trip, we're basically fishing for rainbow trout, uh -huh. high cloud forest mountains. Then we're taking it down and floating and fishing from a chaka. And then we're fishing for jungle tarpon. And so it's a three-part trip. We're going to be staying at hostel, hostels and little cabins to be in us along the way. And be a car full of people exploring all these places. And I'm so excited because that's the direction I see a lot of the stuff heading in. Um, a lot of our programs are at lodges. And I love lodges, but it's super cool to have an informal setting where you're a little more immersed in the community. And there's a few more variables. And it's obviously better with a smaller group. But that's going to be our scouting mission. And then we're also doing a week jungle tarpon exploration. And we're calling it Tarpon and Jaguars. So he's doing a bunch of research on the jaguars down there and setting up trail camps. And working with a bunch of conservation organizations in that region. So... We're also going to be, um, we're also going to be doing a trip with them. Uh, Super cool. Really cool. A lot different. Um, we're just trying to diversify as much as possible. Um, and then a few weeks ago, I found myself in Baja, Mexico, um, scouting out our new Fish for Change location. This is going to be a winter break trip, which will be really cool to change it up. Um, and basically, my friend's George and me um, with Los Locos fly fishing down there in Magdalena Bay have put together the most ridiculous operation known to man. I cannot get over it. Um, every single piece of that trip blew me away and like, it was different from anything I'd ever experienced. Basically, we ran offshore and caught marlin and you're not just like trolling for marlin, you are sight fishing marlin. You are literally like hunting down frigates, rolling up on big schools of fish, just crashing through baitfall. It is a manic, chaotic mess of emotions. It is so much fun. Um, the fishery there is just wild. It's absurd. And then you can cruise into my country, we're in the same day. Like, I, 
I, I can't get over it. Um, it's wild. So that is still in its initial phases of production. Um, and we are currently working to put together trips down to Magdalena Bay as well. Uh, that. So that's the 2021 curveballs. That's hype. I'm <laughs> that's hype. Hype, hype. In fact, yes. That that uh, Baja trip looked absolutely insane, and yes. I'm super jealous. I've been trying to I've been trying to check off Marlin for a while. It, they, they 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 make you feel some kind of way. Um, <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it's ridiculous. And the cool part too, um, down there is, so they have this beautiful operation and a, an amazing hotel lodging experience to stay at for the guests that want that. But then, um, because we were going down there kind of as an exploratory trip, just as like friends hanging out, we were camping and sleeping outside under the stars, surrounding coyotes. And it was just like, it was magic. Um, and so that's something we're going to implement into this trip as well is the camping component, um, which will be really cool and change it up once again. So I am stoked. It, I'm really to see how everything plays out. I'm just hoping that all things COVID-related leave the doors open for these opportunities. And if not, then we'll push them till next year. <laughs> yeah. So as far as, as COVID goes, um, yeah. obviously you weren't able to run trips this past summer. Um, but... Where do you think, um, like, how is that currently affecting how you engage with students and what's your current plan for the summer, I guess, with that? Definitely. Um, so, yeah, trips did get canceled. We continue to do Zoom calls and fun, engaging educational nights and fly tying events and all the above. Um, and it was really fun, but, I mean, there's nothing like that in-person experience and being able to connect with the world outside of your own and, and learn about it all. Um, and so... Moving forward, our 2021 plan is basically, I mean, we're taking it by the day. Um, it's all, there's a lot of unknowns and variables that could show up in front of us. Um, but we, every place we're going, we're, we're going to very small communities that don't have the best access to healthcare. And mm -hmm. so we are basically going to be mandating COVID tests and quarantines leading up to trips. This is our current clause. You know, it, there's, it could change. Um, everyone could be vaccinated. We don't know. Um, and then um, once we're there, a big part of our programs have always been uh, being part of the communities, like doing homestays with guides and their families and learning traditional dances and cooking traditional meals and going to the schools and running around through town and doing interviews and all that fun stuff. So we're going to uh, kind of hold back lot of that and put a little more energy into the environmental side of things um and see where that takes us and just yeah change up and do what we when the time comes depending on the state of the world at that time um luckily we have six months to go so anything is possible yeah totally and i think that's cool that um y'all are so conscious about the communities you go into and so connected to them um and i think that a lot of times like you'll go travel somewhere um, for a fly fishing trip or whatnot and you go straight to your lodge and you kind of hold yourself up there, go out on the boats and kind of forget about what's around you. Um, I think that's so cool that y'all are investing so deeply into these communities to make sure that like they're taken care of and these people understand the opportunities that are around them. Um, and also that uh, you're caring about the, 
environments, like all the mangrove projects and everything going on uh, conservation-wise uh, is, is super, super cool. Um, 100%. I mean, that's like, that's what it's all about, right? And, like, I always say, I'm so thankful to be part of this generation. Um, it is so fun to be part of a generation of people that are philanthropic in nature and are passion-driven in the things they do. And it's super apparent in every student that walks into it, but at the end of the day, like, in order to want to take fly fishing to the next level and figure out your why behind this sport and – add value in ways outside of just catching fish. You need to be exposed to it. And so being able to create just that first level of introduction and letting people take it from there is, is really powerful. Um, and yeah, I feel like, huh, yeah, fly fishing has that negative connotation with just like people traveling to the other end of the world to go catch a fish, going home and not even leaving knowing like anything about the place they were just in when that's what it's about, right? And like, yeah. Every kid that steps foot in this program, it's so cool. Like I even rebooking alumni, I'll be on the phone with one. And it's like, I can't decide if I should go to Mexico or back to Honduras. Like I want to try something new, but my family's in Honduras. I need to see them. I miss them so much. And when I hear that, it makes me so happy. There's that emotional attachment. There's that need to go back, you know, and, and that's something we hope to expose every student to. And it's, uh, it's, it's really cool to create those connections and see where they go throughout a lifetime. And we have, um, one of my favorite things we do in the Fish for a Change is having a lot of the guides' kids will come and be part of the programs with us. So mm. we have a 16-year-old boy from Honduras rooming with a 16-year-old boy from Austin, Texas for a week. And they like, it's just the coolest thing, you know? Like at their foundation, there's all these differences in their lifestyles and the ways they grew up. And they spend a week with this commonality of fly fishing, bringing them together. And leave is just best friends and realizing and learning and growing together through all these differences. And it, it's powerful. Um, it's really, really powerful. And my hope is that as things grow and as our alumni network grows, like these kids will always feel comfortable going back and always have a place they can call home outside of their own. Um, yeah. and realize how much more there is to fishing than just, you know, trying to catch that permit that you never really end up catching. <laughs> <laughs> so Heather question for you. So most of the, uh, of the students that you're taking out are, you know, um, in high school. Um, I know that, you know, you and I have talked in the past about like future college opportunities. Uh, what are those and how can five river students, uh, reach out to you to, to get involved? Great question. All right. So, uh, we have had college weeks in the past. They have not been as um, successful, honestly, in filling, but there are things I, I have no doubt that we can. And if anyone is interested in reaching out, we are adaptable and can. We have no specific college weeks on the itinerary for this year. Um, but what we do have is just like a future high school and college program. So if you're interested in getting involved, you can still come down to our just all eight group weeks um, and be a part of it. If enough people reach out, we can pull together a week of a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds to come right around where you want. Um, but when it comes to contacting us, getting involved, being part of one of our programs, um, www.fishforchange.org is our website. And then my personal email is heather at fishforchange.org. And you are more than welcome to reach out anytime. Um, and that's just the best way of staying in touch. And of course, following us on Instagram um, at fishforchange. And yeah, and we'll continue to do updates on what we've got going on and what our programs look like. And then in the summer, we kind of just take it over. And there's always stories with live action of what's happening in that given day that are super fun and, and goofy and keep up with all the wildness on the ground floor. Super cool. Um, and uh, Heather, where can 
people get in touch with you. You said uh, Heather at fisherchange.org, right? Is the okay, right on. Uh, Joseph, do you have any other questions? I don't. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I got all my bloopers. Thanks for staying tuned. Yes. It was either I was doing really bad or there was no like in between. It was either like full blown, what is she saying right now? Delete, 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 or a, a solid rant. <laughs> See, I can't wait to I can't wait to just like include a couple of them and you- maybe get a text about it once it's released and be like, excuse me, uh <laughs> but but anyways heather thank you so much for for taking the time to come on with us that was a lot of fun um and can't wait to uh see what ends up going on with fish for change this summer and i can't wait to make my brother and sister go on those trips <laughs> thanks heather